All right, I got a question for you this morning. I got two questions for you. This is Get to Know Your Pastor Day. Question, what do you think, number one, pull out a piece of paper, pull out your phone or whatever, write this down, don't say it out loud. What do you think, number one, brings Pastor Evan the most joy when it comes to his faith, my my Christianity, my, my role in life, what I do? When it comes to Pastor Evan, what do you think brings him the most joy in regards to his spiritual life? Write that down. You know, if you say it out loud, you get ejected. Whoever said that. And then number two, what do you think brings Pastor Evan the most joy when it comes to uh, his, just his personal life or recreational life? What is it that you think brings Pastor Evan the most joy when it comes to his recreational life? or pa- Something outside of the church, something outside of my faith, even my faith goes everywhere I get that, and I know that. And as I ask you those two questions to write those down, I want to ask you a question. What's your answer to those two? What is your answer to your faith and what brings you the most joy? And what is it in your recreational life or something outside of church or whatever it is that brings you the most joy? I got a graphic up here of of a young lady, and when I think of the word joy, I think, man, this girl is expressing joy. And just so you know, my sister and I know, my oldest my parents' firstborn and my oldest sister's name was Joy. Can you imagine? Your parents said, we're going to have Joy. We're going to have a, a child. And then, of course, you have to raise that child. And you wonder about Joy, you know, Evan and Kate, you know. And joy, it expresses something to each and every person that is here today. What brings you joy this time of year? Because I have in the top of your notes, either pull out your paper uh, notes or pull out your smartphone. Go to the Bible app. Right at the top there, I have bring it on. Because I want to say to you, whatever it is that brings you joy, be careful that others in this time of season doesn't squash what it is. Bring it on. Do more of it. Like, for example, my wife loves decorating. She had a crew of people. She decorated this place. She decorated the other church. She decorated home. It's decorations and stuff. And when it comes to me, it's just leave me out of it. She doesn't trust any of my taste anyway. You know, when it comes to something, bring it, if, if you enjoy baking, do more of it and remember me. All right? If you like to cook, if you like to spend time with family, if you like your animals, which I don't really get, but you like your dogs and Cassie, people are sitting next to each other and you, you, know, you enjoy your animals, hey, hey, do more of it. Maybe it'd be better with the animals than sometimes than with other people and stuff. You really want to have your joy. We want to talk about this crazy business, this crazy time of year that's trying to take away from you the things that bring you joy. What is it that is taking or robbing you from your joy? I want to talk to you today about redeeming Christmas, redeeming December, and the joys of it that so very often get squashed. Maybe somebody's saying, well, it's a little bit too late now. Well, yeah, but you still got plenty of time. You still got plenty of time. Let's redeem some joys as found in the Christmas stories. Luke, the first chapter. Here's number one in your notes. Fill it in with me. This is the joy that overcomes fear. The joy that overcomes fear. That's one of the reasons we started out with that song. You see, there's a lot of things that are competing for the joy in your heart. There's a lot of things that are trying to extinguish the joy in your heart, and one of them is fear, and one of them is worry, and all those different things. And here's this story in Luke, the first chapter. uh, I'm just going to start at verse 11. There's a guy named Zechariah, and there's his wife Elizabeth. The scripture says that they were not old. It says that they were very old. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's about, uh, you know, it's got to be at least 65 because I'm under that, you know, so... 
You know, it says that they couldn't have children. They were very old. And so Zechariah, he's one of the priests. He's into the Holy of Holies. It's his turn. Here comes the passage of Scripture, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled, right? Somebody like, ah! How many of you like to scare people? I do too. Ask any of He's startled, and then it says, and he was gripped with fear. Oh my gosh, what is this? What's going to happen? Is this real, right? But the angel said to him four words that will constantly be said, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you're to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Now, if you know this or don't know this, this is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is born. John the Baptist is, is going to come from Zechariah and from Elizabeth. And here this angel shows up, and there's this fear of the angel that turns to joy. Joy of what was going to be experienced. Joy of the prayer that they had probably stopped praying about. It's too old. It's past. Have you stopped praying about something? God hasn't forgot it. Here's something that they were going to now, uh, uh, the joy. Elizabeth and, and uh, Zechariah, the thing that they had hoped for, the thing that it was going to be a child. And for nine months, they would experience joy. Can't you imagine going around telling people, you know, we're going to have a kid when they couldn't have one before? Do you know Sarah in the Old Testament, uh, Abraham's wife, she was 90 in her 90s. And here is this Older lady, I, I didn't say she was an old woman. I, that's what the scripture says. She says she was very old. She's waiting nine months. He's waiting nine months. And they're, they're experiencing joy for nine months up to the point when the child is born. It doesn't just happen. And the fear turns to joy. You see it so very plainly in here. I, I think about it. You know, I think about you, you have a child. You get your child in school. They go through 12 years of school. There's not a lot of joy. Well, I guess there's, there's joy, and it's up and down, and then fear, and then spankings, and beatings, and then discipline, and then, you know, all of the things. That go, and in and, and 12 years, hopefully, you know, they graduate, and everybody cries about it. You know, and they're crying for joy, tremendous joy. And so I take a look here today, and I see that Zechariah, he, he is experiencing the presence of an angel. This passage of Scripture says he is gripped with fear, and the angel says four words to him, do not fear. Now, I don't know if you know this, but in the, in the story of the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, there are four appearances of angels, and this is one of them. And in every one, the angel uses the same four words, and they are, do not be afraid. The angel shows up to Mary. And Mary, the passage of Scripture says, she's troubled. How am I going to have a child? I've never been with a man. And the passage of Scripture says she's troubled. And the angel says, do not be afraid. Joseph finds out his soon-to-be wife is going to have a child. And he's, he's contemplating in his mind. He's saying, what is it I'm going to do? He's considering what he's going to do. He's going to put her away quietly. And an angel shows up and says, not be afraid. The shepherds out in the fields. We're going to see this here in just a minute. The angel shows up, the passage of Scripture, the Shekinah glory of God shines all across the sky. It says that the shepherds, they are terrified. And the angel says to them, do not be afraid. 
Can you hear the Lord saying that to you? What are you worrying about? What is their fear about? Something that God is possibly doing. God was doing this, and when God showed up, sometimes it scares the bejeebers out of people. And he says, don't be afraid. This is part of my plan. Don't be afraid. What is he saying to you? In each of these situations, there's a pending problem. Mary, she's a teenager. She's going to have a child. Elizabeth, she's got a problem. She's 90 years old. The shepherd, they're, they're, they're terrified. In every one of these, there's a pending problem. And through his angel, God spoke in each of these situations, and he's speaking into you, and he's saying, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Can you hear him? Joy can be experienced amidst fear and can overcome fear. That's why in every one of these situations, fear can be a liar. Number two, in your notes, this is the joy of the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Holy Spirit is found in Luke, the first chapter, uh, verse 41 there. I hope that you have experienced the joy of the Holy Spirit. If you have not, uh, it's, it, I hope that at least as you see and understand this, this is found all throughout the Scriptures, and it's not just for them, it's for each and every one of us. I hope you will seek it through Jesus Christ. See, the joy of the Holy Spirit overcomes every other situation in life. Folks, here is Luke, the first chapter, verse 41 through 44. Um, Mary shows up to Elizabeth's house. And, and you basically have, an, here's an old lady who's considered barren, and you have a young virgin who's carrying a child. Do you need any more uh, dichotomy than that? And when they show up, I'm going to start right at verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. That's John the Baptist, right? And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, exclaimed, Blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored, verse 43, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped. Now I am trying to picture this. Every one of us knows what it means to have a pregnant woman who is seven, eight, nine months or whatever, and you put your foot on there and you know you feel a little baby. Do you feel that baby kick? This baby leaped. I don't know if John the Baptist is doing somersaults, but here's my picture of it. It's like, you know, it's like, not just a little, it's like, weep, wow. Can't you just see it? It leaps, and, and, and I look at this passage of Scripture, and I think to myself, this is, had to be written by a woman. I mean, guys, guys don't write this kind of stuff. And I think about that, and I think, is it possible that you know or don't know that Luke, the doctor, wrote more about the insights of women than any of the other gospel writers. Being a doctor, he dealt with men, he dealt with women, and you get more insight into Mary, more insight into a woman's perspective from God's perspective than any other gospel. And then I was thinking about it, and it's just, it must have been true in the book of Genesis when God says, I, I, I'm making mankind in my image. In the, in the image of God, he made them male and female. And so that's where we get that balanced perspective. There was something that was real, and there was something that was physical about Elizabeth saying, I am filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. It, it was just, it's practical. Sometimes I get concerned that we think it's always this super spiritual thing. Here's something that's real, something you can touch, something that's physical. And she says this, have you ever said, why me? That's what she said in verse 43, but why am I so favored? 
Have you ever, has God ever been so good to you that you said, why me? Has it ever been so blessed? Have you been so filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit you say, why me? I look around and then this, why me? And that's kind of where she's at today. And I, I look at myself and I say to you and me, and I say, when we experience the Holy Spirit, have we ever said, man, why me? But keep bringing it on. I mean, when is the last time you said, Lord, why, why am I so favorite? And if you haven't, there's a, a couple of things that I see in Scripture that actually keeps that. The reason that you experience the joy and, and the fullness of the Holy Spirit is from people who humble themselves. People who step back from arrogance and pride and, realize, and they stay away from it. Because there's no way the Spirit of God will fill you with the joy of the Holy Spirit in that. So if you're on the other side of that, I want to say to you today, would you check your arrogance? Will you check your pride? Will you check this, in fact, if, if you've been walking in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ? Because the only way that the Spirit of God will come is it's when we're humble. John the Baptist, what did Jesus say? You know, Jesus said, you know, uh, John the Baptist said about Jesus, I must become less. He must become greater. Needs to be our theme song. See, there's a lot of joy of the Holy Spirit that only the humble and only the obedient will ever experience. Here's Elizabeth giving us the clue to it all. Number three, there's the joy of answered prayer. I was uh, preparing this very point. Earlier in the morning, I got a text from a friend. A friend texted me and one of the other prayer partners and said, I am going to the doctor's today. And I would, every time I go to the doctor's, my yearly doctor's appointment, um, I have some type of skin cancer that has to be removed. I am asking you guys to pray for me. Could you pray that when I go to the doctor today for the first time ever, they find no skin cancer? So we prayed. I'm sure the other, we prayed. I am preparing, folks, this point at home i'm preparing this point and the joy of answered prayer i get a text saying this is the first year ever no skin cancer to be found i wrote down it was 12 12 december 12th 10 51 a.m the joy of answered prayer the passage scripture in luke 157 when it was time for elizabeth to have her baby she gave birth to a son and her neighbors and relatives heard that the lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy one thing about joy if it's true and you do have it somebody else ought to know it somebody else ought to feel it somebody else ought to experience it i understand there's a time when there's unbelievers that don't get it and i get that but others ought to understand and they ought to experience your joy. Here, they said it in this way. The scripture says, God showed you great mercy. And sometimes the answer to prayer is just great mercy. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody or been there yourself or had a child or somebody standing before a judge in a courtroom and the judge can lay down the hammer or he can give this and a fine and sentencing is at that the other and the judge gives mercy. And sometimes the parents that are there, sometimes the one that's being accused, they break down in joy, in tears, because of the mercy of the judge. And here it is, folks. You've received mercy. Maybe we've walked with Jesus so long, some of us, that we've forgotten the mercy that has been given to us. 
We've received great mercy, and here, this is exactly, they're going to have their baby. Zechariah's going to name him John. Do our neighbors know anything about it? Do our neighbors or anybody else, is anybody else celebrating with us? I was, uh, I always try to do something that helps me listen to a nudge as best I can discern from the Spirit. Is, is God asking me to do something? A lot of times if I'm driving, a lot of things I do, I don't text, but I should because I'm an expert at texting and driving. All of you, you know, mm, 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 mm. even though I took off one of my mirrors on my car one time, it was a pole moved, it wasn't me. I'm driving, I have time in the car, and I sense the Lord saying to me about a friend that had been praying for about trying to get a job. And so I pick up the phone, I call the person, and they, hey, what is that? What's that? And I say, I just, what's going on with that job? What's going on with the job? It's been going back and forth and up and down like for six months. And it's going on and on, this, that, the other. And I pick up, and he says, well, I haven't heard anything. I'm supposed to hear this, that, the other. I hang up the phone. I begin to pray as I'm driving. Fifteen minutes later, maybe not even, I received a text that he had got a confirmation that he had gotten the job. A few little things had to work out, but the job was his. I'm like, wow, that's got to be the fastest answer to prayer I've ever had. How about you? I mean, I don't know any other way to help you and see and understand the joy of answered prayer other than to tell you about answers prayer. What are yours? What are yours that you'll take a note or jot down? What is your answer to prayer? Because while there are plenty of different joys around Christmas time, the joy of answered prayer can not only be redeemed in December, it can be redeemed any month of the year. Number four, here's the joy of good news. The joy of good news. What kind of good news makes you scream out loud for joy? Right? I love watching some of those videos where somebody's coming home from the military, right? And the, and the wife or the mom doesn't know it. And, and the person is hiding in a box. And the person jumps out of the box and the lady falls back, breaks her neck on the coffee table. You know, it's like, that's so funny. I mean, just, they're screaming and then they're crying and they're just like, what kind of joy brings you to tears? What kind of joy brings you to tears, you know? Finally able to pay the home off. You're somebody's coming home from the military. Luke, the second chapter, verse 8, talks about these shepherds we were talking about. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. You get that picture, right? One of the lowliest occupations, one of the smelliest occupations, one of the most flea-bitten occupations you can have, taking care of sheep. They were considered low. Do you remember when the Israelites went into Egypt? They said, you know what, you guys go over into Goshen over there, because, you know, you guys, that, that's low life, and that's an insult to, to the Egyptians. That's what they're doing. It's interesting that our Savior is called the shepherd. Of all of us stinky sheep sometimes, right? Here they are out there at nighttime, you know, watching over the sheep. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and here it is, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, right? It's like there's a double whammy. An angel shows up, whatever he looks like, and the Shekinah glory. Ah! And the passage of Scripture says they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. We're going to turn that fear around into a joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. I understand that can be plural also, but to you. To you guys, 
the ones that everybody else is rejecting, the ones that nobody wants your job, the ones your wives are happy to send you off to, you know, can you take a shower before you come home? Verse 11 ends by saying he is the Messiah, the Lord. And they would have had, as as Hebrew people have known, about the preachings and the teachings of the Messiah. And the word Lord for them was Yahweh. Do you have the joy that comes from accepting the Savior? From being a follower of the Savior? Do you have that joy? Folks, 25 years of my life, joy at Christmas time, presents, gifts, yada, yada, all of that wonderful stuff, but never knowing Jesus personally. He says to them, he's coming for you, and I say to you, the Savior's there for you. Do you know him personally, or do you just know about him? Does he live in your heart? Does the Spirit of God live inside you? Have you ever experienced the joy of the Holy Spirit? Not that Jesus came to the world, uh, but that he came to you personally. That's the question. I mean, you know what the opposite of the joy of good news is, right? It's the horrible feeling and the horrible sense of bad news. Now, I don't know. Can you really have good news unless there's two things, one of two things? No news or bad news. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to redeem the world. And the reason he didn't come to condemn the world is because we all stand condemned with a sinful nature. That's bad news. That's bad news. And the good news is you don't have to carry the penalty and the punishment for your sin. But the bad news is if your pride or your arrogance or your stubbornness keeps you away from fully submitting your life to Jesus Christ... You will have bad news when you head into the next life. You check the scriptures out. I know people are trying to explain away hell all over the place, but Jesus never explained it. He gave it straight up. And we need to take it straight up when he gives it to us. Folks, the bad news is, man, you would have had an opportunity. Nobody here is going to be able to say you didn't know because you can go home, read your Bible, find out if that crazy preacher is what he's saying is the truth. You go for it. You search the scriptures yourself. You, if you miss out on the opportunity, man, it'll be nothing but bad news. And Jesus, he is Savior for all people, but it can't really be good news to us unless we're telling other people. Are you letting anybody else know? Have you been a Christian so long, it's just you and your own little group of friends? Let's redeem December. And if you're not a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, you can be. You can be by the end of this day today. Now, I have in your notes that there are some kind of joys that make you cry, right? (laughs) Over at uh, Lifeline, there's a young lady and her husband who got to foster and got on the way of adopting a little boy named Cameron. Maybe some of you know about it. They went to the hospital, brought Cameron home. They didn't have to go through the pains and the labors for 12 months, and they have a little baby Cameron, and they were so full with joy that they were crying right? You've been full of so much joy. There's this type of joy that makes you cry, you know? Uh, my wife said she went through years and years of, of uh, uh, nursing school, and when she finally was able to graduate, on graduation day, all of the pain and all of the struggles, uh, she melted away as, as she cried with joy. We were playing a board game last night, right? like you always do, men against women, right? 
men against women, you know. And, and they asked these questions. Which of these four don't belong here? And the women were asking these questions about stupid stuff, about makeup or clothing or whatever. And as we're discussing these intelligent things, these guys said, my daughter Daniela is laughing so hard she's crying, rolling on the floor. Thank you. I, I provided joy and laughter for, for, my, for my daughter. I was greatly appreciative of that. What kind of joy makes you cry? There's so much joy to it. In your notes, that's why I have this in your notes. What is the source and cause of your delight? What is the source and what is the cause of your delight? Because that's the definition of joy. That is the definition of joy. What is the source of your delight? What is the cause of your delight? Because whatever it is, that's your joy. So I'd like you to go through this process. Number one, not from a spiritual side, what this time of year brings you tremendous joy? What is it, you know, practically or whatever it might be, you know, do you like to be out in the snow? Do you like to snow ski? Do you like to, what is it you like to do? Number one, from a practical perspective, we're not getting super spiritual here, at least not yet. What do you like to do? Don't let any Grinch squash it. Number two, okay, from your Christian perspective, what is it that you like to do this time of year? in December, that brings you joy. What is it in the world that brings you joy? In your spiritual life, what is it that brings you joy? Folks, do it. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. We were talking about the, this message, you know, we, we prepare our messages a couple weeks in advance, and Tom uh, Hanzek was saying, you no, know, everybody's trying to suck the joy out of Christmas, and he called them fun suckers. Now, I think that's a million-dollar idea. I'd like to sell fun suckers. I'd like to take something and somehow solidify white vinegar and say, hey, you're a fun sucker, and I'd sell them. You could give them to your fun-sucking friends because there's people this time, they're trying to suck the fun right out of you. Somebody's going to make a million bucks. I get, I get a credit on that. I just asked you what you enjoy and what you do and what is your source. And then at the bottom of your notes, I just put do it again and again. That's all I say to you. No matter what anybody else says, what are they doing? Do it again and again. Is there a song that you like? Put it on the radio, play it over and over again. You know, the other day I said, you know, I, I said, Lord, I'm going to just put some Christmas music on and, and, and just kind of just enjoy the season. And the song that I hate more than any other one, Paul McCartney's Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time, came on and I wanted to kick the radio. That's the most boring song. Simply Having, no, I'm simply going to turn the channel, sorry. Is there, a, I don't know why I went down that path. Is there a song you enjoy? If you enjoy that song, don't hold it against me. Folks, what are you doing? Do it again and again. Is there something or some task that you could do for somebody you love. You want to bring joy to somebody else? Find something that you love, somebody you love. Find out what they don't like to do. Christy doesn't like to wash the floors. Wash the floors for her. All right? Get right on that. Yeah. Find something your child doesn't like to do, your, your mom, your dad, or whatever, and do it for them, bringing them joy. They'll think that you're on something. I'm sure marijuana is getting pretty legal nowadays, you know. You ought to be on something. Take a risk. Joy. Take a risk and joy. Do you know why people, when they get older, don't take risks? Because we've taken risks, and it didn't work out. And every time that happens, a little bit inside of us. But there are adults. A lot of times they're business owners and people and entrepreneurs. They never take a risk. They never stop taking a risk. You know why? They're not afraid of failure. 
They understand failure is a part of the process. What have you taken a risk about lately? Take 10 or $20, stick it in your pocket, and say, Jesus, who do you want to have this? And you'll, you're going to be listening for the Spirit to nudge you. It's, it's one of those ways that you get, you're much more creative than me. Do something that you have to take a risk. I remember one time, you know, you think, oh, Pastor Evan, I'm in a store and somebody, I just sense the Lord saying, pray with this woman. She's having difficulties with her mom, this, that, the other. I'm thinking, I'm not praying right here in the middle of the store. But I did. What, what? Do something so you're ready and waiting for that nudge that you know the Spirit of God is alive in you. And do it again and again. Folks, there are seven words. The number seven in the Bible is the number of completion. I would like you to write in your Bible somewhere these seven words from heaven. There are way too many miserable people. There are way too many miserable people. And when you open your Bible, say, I don't want to be one of them. So let me ask you the question. What did you come up with, number one, for Pastor Evan on his faith in regards to his... What what is the number one thing that brings Pastor Evan joy in his spiritual life? Anybody got a clue? Shout it out. In my spiritual life. I thought you can't spiritualize me. Yeah. Yeah, the number one thing that I like to do, and there's a lot of things right at the top, is, is I like to be with somebody who's a Christian who needs to know, what does the Scripture say about this? What should I do here? I like being with somebody that wants to know, somebody who's a hunger and a thirst for the Scriptures. I don't know what to do. What does the Scripture say? I love to do that. love to do a lot of other things, too. Then from a recreational point of view, what do you think Pastor Evan likes to do that brings him tremendous joy? Boating, fishing, shopping, being with Maria. Yeah, it, it's it's boating, you know, but it's it's catching fish. That's different than boating, and that's different than fishing. It's catching fish. And so, if I was down, if I was depressed, if I was like you know feeling pressure or stress or worry, you would come to me and say, Evan, those two things you like to do. It's easy enough to find somebody who may need some guidance and direction, you know, pick up the phone, get a hold of somebody, or get out and go fishing. Get out and go fishing. This time of year, uh, since all the boats are put away and stuff like that, I'd have to be either ice fishing or going to the boat show where they got them all in a little thing there and you can shoot them in a barrel, you know, boom. And so if that's what you would tell me, what are you going to tell yourself? What the two things that bring you joy, one on a spiritual level and one on a practical level. If, if you were down, if somebody, if, if one of those miserable people is causing you grief or whatever it is, do it more and more. And as long as it's not illegal, everybody. <laughs> Have a lot of fun and may the joy of December be redeemed in your heart and lives. Jesus as we bow our hearts and our minds to you, the scriptures, they just call to us. They, they speak to us. You, you teach us over and over again. I'm not even sure I ever realized four sightings of angels in the, in the Christmas story show up and the angel says the same four words to four different people and you're saying it to someone here today. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. 
Stay faithful to the Lord. Walk with him. Pray with him. Be around him and his people. And you will guide their path. For you're a light unto our path. Jesus, for the person here today, that like me for 25 years, you, you knew about, I knew about Jesus, but he did not exist in my being. And then there's that day that I turn from my life and I turn to following a life of Christ. I became a true follower of Jesus for that person today. May they surrender. May their pride be gone. May their stubbornness and arrogance be gone. And the love and the gentleness of your spirit be replaced. May they give their hearts and lives to you today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we have fun-sized announcements.